1: KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Adi Bolaños in San Francisco. A Bay Area member of Congress says federal immigration authorities plan to end their contract with a Northern California County Jail, the last public facility in the state to hold immigrants fighting deportation. As KQED's immigration editor Taiki Hendricks reports, it comes after years of outcry over substandard conditions.
2: San Jose Congresswoman Zoe Lofgren says U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement notified her of plans to stop detaining immigrants at the Yuba County Jail. Lofgren was one of 22 California representatives who called on ICE last year to stop using Yuba and two private prison facilities in the state. She notes the jail has consistently failed to meet ICE's detention standards. Yuba County will lose a contract worth $8.7 million a year. The money pays for 150 beds a day, though ICE is currently holding just four people at the jail. Edwin Carmona Cruz at the California Collaborative for Immigrant Justice celebrated the news, and he credited the courage of detained immigrants who spoke out about medical neglect and other dangers.
1: It reminds me of all of the people that we fought to get out. This victory is really for them because they came out publicly about the conditions inside, risking retaliation.
2: Neither ICE nor the Yuba County Sheriff's Office would confirm the ending of the contract by press time. For the California Report, I'm Taiki Hendricks.
1: A Bay Area Assemblyman is proposing that California close three more state prisons over the next three years. Assemblyman Phil Ting, who also chairs the Assembly Budget Committee, says the state could be facing a massive budget deficit, and closing the facilities could save hundreds of millions of dollars a year. Earlier this week, the Newsom administration outlined plans to close the state's last prison owned by a private contractor, along with a facility in Riverside County.
0: special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks.
1: And now to a preview of our sister show, the California Reports Weekly Magazine. This week, a tiny local election in the Central Valley that could have big ripple effects for farming and water. The Westlands Water District produces crops like tomatoes, garlic, and almonds. And it's historically fought with environmentalists who accuse the wealthy farmers there of hogging water. Westlands has just elected a slate of board members promising a new strategy, a recognition that large-scale farming will have to shrink. Reporter Dan Charles brings us this story as part of a collaboration with the Food and Environment Reporting Network.
0: I'm Sarah Wolf. I am a farmer in Westlands Water District. Sarah Wolf grew up in one farming family, married into another one, the Wolfs, who run one of the biggest operations in Westlands. I'd gone to meet her the day before the board meeting at the Wolf Farm headquarters, which feels more corporate than agrarian. I wanted to know how they'd pulled off this coup and why.
2: I think I just didn't feel
0: that it was appropriate to just go along to get along, that we weren't making positive strides. To understand what she wanted to change at Westlands, you have to go back in time, to the 1950s and 1960s, when the farmers here got the federal government to build a new dam and canal and connect their land to the Central Valley Project, delivering water from dams hundreds of miles to the north, like Shasta and Trinity. pleasure for me to come out here and help blow up this valley and uh, the cause of progress. President Kennedy flew out in 1962 for the groundbreaking. It was the last stop in a tour of three new water projects. This project, the Frying Pan, of Arkansas and the project in South Dakota, represent 10, 20 and 30 years effort of devoted citizens. Things do not happen, they are made to happen. The farmers of Westlands made this happen. We had a fair amount of clout, legislatively. We were, a, you know, a very rich district. We had politically active landowners. And um, we hired very talented lobbyists. But the world changed.
1: Senator from Louisiana.
0: Uh, Miss President, this bill marks the culmination of one of the most controversial In 1992, Congress passed the the Central Valley Project Improvement Act, which said Westlands and other farmers can't take more water from those northern California rivers if it threatens the survival of wildlife. So when droughts hit, farmers got less. Some years they got nothing. They were shocked, furious. And Westlands led the fight to overturn those rules in the courts and in Congress. Here's General Manager Tom Birmingham at a hearing on Capitol Hill in 2016. Where's the outrage that it's governmental policies that have created zero water supplies for communities in the San Joaquin Valley? He got into verbal tussles with members of Congress like California's Jared Huffman. Mr. Birmingham, I listened carefully and politely while you misstated the facts, and so you get to listen carefully to my correction of them. Um, and, and then I hope friend, I have an opportunity to County, correct the correction. This is my time, Mr. Birmingham. You had your time. Sarah Wolfe became increasingly convinced that this fight was futile. Farmers by themselves couldn't get their way anymore. What we do is important. Growing food is very important. It's something to be proud of. And I want to be proud of what we're doing. But if we're just fighting with people, I don't, I'm not very proud of that. The thing is, you can make progress in ways that don't involve fighting, she says.
1: You can hear more how Westlands, one of the biggest players in California's water wars, plans to change its strategy by tuning in to The California Report magazine on your public radio station or downloading the magazine's podcast. And that's the California Report for Friday, December 9th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. Our engineers are Danny Bringer, Brendan Willard, Jim Bennett, and Seal Muller. Our producers are Amanda Stupai and Keith Mizuguchi. Our senior editor is Angela Corral. Our interim director of news is Key Sung. Our executive editor is Ethan tovin Lindsay, And our chief content officer is Holly Kernan. I'm Adi Bolaños. Thanks for listening and have a great day.
2: Support for the California report comes from HINT. Fruit infused water in over 25 flavors like watermelon, pineapple, and blackberry. No sweeteners, no calories. In stores or delivered from drinkhint.com. Stanford Healthcare, alerting listeners to the critical blood shortage in the area. Now is the time to donate blood and make a difference. StanfordBloodCenter.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Futures, which bets early on exceptional people making the world better, on the web at SchmidtFutures.com. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of The California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world.
1: I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California.